I was working out before COVID and I was probably in the best shape in my adult life, hitting new personal records, all that kind of stuff, but not losing a pound, maybe fluctuating three to five pounds. Mm -hmm. You know, I went to my doctor. I remember her saying last time and this time she said, oh dear, you know, like bless your heart, but I'm sorry, but this is just the way it is. And I'm like, this can't be real. I'm a researcher. I like to like know the human body, obviously. Mm And everywhere I was reading, that is not the truth. You know, you should still be able to eat moderation, you know, like kind of the 80, 20 rule Mm -hmm. and enjoy your life. And I, I'm not. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. We've talked a lot about what appointments with naturopaths are like, but I wanted to show you firsthand. So today on the show, we're bringing you a real recording of an appointment with a real patient of mine, Haley. And yes, she said it was okay to share this with you all. This is the first time I've seen her, and we will check in with her again in future episodes to see how her treatment unfolds. Haley is 44 years old, and like so many of my patients, she says she just doesn't feel like herself anymore. Her major complaints are fatigue, moodiness and irritation, difficulty losing weight. Like all of my initial appointments, our conversation lasted an hour and a half, although we've added most of all that out. We spend a lot of time talking about her life history, previous health treatments, daily habits, emotions, and her menstrual cycle, of course. Everyone's different, and it takes a lot of time to get to the root causes of symptoms. If you're feeling stuck and in a pit like Haley, you can get help. And I'm confident we've got her on the right track to feeling like herself again. It is so nice to meet you. Yes. I, I am so excited you're here. Thank you for letting us basically record you for our podcast. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Yay. One of the biggest reasons I wanted to take the opportunity to have somebody in and record for podcasts is so that everybody understands a little bit about how our appointments in, in the naturopathic world are different. And the unique thing about you, and incidentally, Haley and I did have a little conversation before this one. And a lot of times I'll do that because I want to get to know the patient and the patient might want to get to know me a little bit. And not every naturopath is right for every patient and not every patient's right for every naturopath. So we do 15 minute free consults for some of our patients just to see. But since I knew Haley was going to be with us, I wanted to make sure it'd be just super fun. And I think it's going to be. Um, But the best thing about that is we are also going to be able to help her, I think. So that's good too. So Let's just go ahead and get started. So Haley and I talked a little bit about her history, but fill us in briefly about the last maybe 10 years, 15 years, just a quick synopsis of your health journey. Absolutely. So I moved here. I'm originally from Canada. I moved here and I didn't really know anything about naturopaths because you just don't hear about it. So I came here. 
I have some friends that use naturopaths all the time. My husband and I were trying to get pregnant. I actually didn't know that I was sick. I have Hashimoto's, and when I went to the doctor, uh, my first naturopath, she tested my antibodies, I want to say they are, and they were really high, and she just said, you're really tired. I'm like, yeah, I thought I was getting older. (laughs) I guess not. I guess you're not supposed to feel like that. And that started my journey down naturopath. Um, I have, like you said, not every naturopath is right for every mm-hmm. patient. Yeah. So we, because we were trying to get pregnant, it was almost like the first naturopath could take me so far, um, and she was really focused on making me feel amazing and mm-hmm. awesome. And I did. I absolutely did that. Um, we. Like I've probably ha- haven't felt that good in probably a long time. I never yeah. want to eat like that again, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was pretty Sometimes strict. A little strict diet. That's yeah, no exactly. fun at all. I know that. Um, and then I kind of went on to the next, to the next, just trying to because again I was in probably I think mid thirties. Okay, yeah, yeah. And we tried for about six years. So then I went to another. One and she ordered some more tests and kind of did more like kind of along the fertility stuff. And then one of the last ones, I think, uh, put me on progesterone. And I believe that we did, you know, conceive, but mm-hmm. I could never host the baby. Mm-hmm. Well, then I did end up going to a fertility doctor right at the end uh, because we were, I think, just getting frustrated. But yeah. I did, I really did want to just do it the natural way because yeah. I don't, I'm not all about pills and just do this and that. And he, found out that I have this virus, HHV6A, that Mm -hmm. he actually believes that it causes Hashimoto's. Now, whether that's true or not, I really don't know. It's quite interesting. But it was just he's saying the virus didn't let us keep the baby. And then we just kind of got to that point where you get exhausted and sad and money funds kind of run out. Mm -hmm. You just, how long can you do this for? And then I think depression and just it's not going to happen. And then I just kind of fell off the bandwagon. I went, I was just saying, I went back to my general practitioner. Yeah. And I just kind of was like, whatever, I don't even care. I just like put me back on, you know, refill my prescription. I did feel better on a compounded um, thyroid medication. And I felt amazing on that. Well, then kind of after I think the journey of trying to conceive and the whole bit, you just, I just kind of gave up and it was sad. And I was just like, this sucks. So then that door closed, but then I also then hit my forties. <laughs> oh, hello forties. Yeah, it's exactly. going to be great. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, then I was like, because, so my background is I'm a personal trainer, mm-hmm. but I was working out before COVID and I was probably in the best shape other than like in my adult life, hitting new personal records, all that kind of stuff, but not losing a pound, maybe fluctuating three to five pounds. Mm -hmm. So I was eating like a bird going back to calories in versus calories out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this isn't making sense. Like I'm not even eating enough food. So then I'm thinking back down my path. Okay. The whole reason why I'm like kind of sharing that story of like trying to get pregnant and stuff, because obviously that's not what we're trying to do. Yeah. Basically I was like, well, maybe it really screwed up my hormones Mm -hmm. and maybe like like doing all those different things made it so that I can't lose weight. And so then I'm just like, there's got to be something to this. There's got to be an answer. There's got to be a way to regulate or balance them out or some some answer because everything that I was taught was not working Mm -hmm. at all. Like calories in versus calories out. Then COVID hit, pretty much shut it down, and I pretty much quit. I got kind of another depression. Yeah. 
you know, I went to my doctor. I remember her saying last time and this time, she said, oh, dear, you know, like, bless your heart, but I'm sorry, but this is just the way it is. And I'm like, this can't be real. I'm a researcher. I like to, like, know the human body, obviously. Mm And everywhere I was reading, that is not the truth, you know. You should still be able to eat moderation, you know, like kind of the 80-20 rule Mm -hmm. and enjoy your life. And I... I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm like feeling frumpy and okay, yes, I haven't been working out, but I also am carrying extra weight that I, I'm kind of the same weight. Yeah. Even when I quit exercising, I really didn't put weight on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I do. So I'm just like baffled and kind of that's why I was, I met a friend and she Mm -hmm. told me about you and I got excited. And (laughs) so here we are. And here you are. (laughs) Yay. So I think your, your journey's a little bit different because you had all that fertility treatment that you did um, basically over the past 10 years, not for the last four years, but prior to that. Mm -hmm. So now you're 44 and it's not unusual for my patients to be around your age, 44, 45, 46, mid forties to see definite changes in body composition, ability to lose weight and some other stuff that we're going to get into in a minute, which is, you know, are you, how's your sleep? How's your energy? Things like that. And we're going to talk about that. The advantage you have is you've already were evaluated for your thyroid, but we're going to reevaluate that. Um, and you brought in some labs, so I will take a peek at those, but we will rerun your labs so that I can kind of make sure I get what I want. Um, the other thing too, is that your priorities are now different, obviously not fertility anymore. Now we're looking at some, you know, weight loss, weight management changes in your weight, more about metabolism than anything else. Cause once we solve that metabolism issue, we'll solve the weight issue. And metabolism certainly is tied into hormones. Where are your hormones right now? And, and When you've been through fertility treatment, sometimes your hormones do kind of peter out early and they get a little annoyed. So I think it's important that it's unusual to hear a doctor call the HHB 6A. It's really EBV, which Epstein-Barr. Yeah. And Epstein-Barr virus is well known as mono. Most of us have antibodies to mono because most of us have been exposed to it by the time we're out of our teens. Um, Some of us become symptomatic, but others of us just create these antibodies and get through it and we don't even know it. Once we have those antibodies, typically they're done. They, They step aside and it's fine. But others of us will have those antibodies that kind of live in our body and will surface when our body is down. Basically, if we get sick, if we get another virus, that will pop up. Um, I saw it a lot after COVID infections, but I also see it a lot after any other kind of chronic infection. We see it a lot after pregnancy. Oh, interesting. Um, So we do see it a lot when the body has been attacked in some way. And Hashimoto's and Epstein-Barr often travel together. So I don't know if the Epstein-Barr, I'm not sure how affecting fertility. I will tell you that Hashimoto's and autoimmune thyroiditis does affect fertility for sure. Um, And that's why correcting the thyroid is always a big deal for fertility, right? right? So, but regardless, Epstein-Barr and the fact that your tire probably has always been in in your system and probably comes and goes quite a bit. You're right. It like Um, sleeps and wakes up and sleeps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So that is something that we will keep in mind kind of as we move forward. So now tell me about 
when was the last, when was the first day of your last period? Are you you're still having cycles? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, and when was the first Probably day a week and a half ago would have been my last day. Okay. Got it. So that means that it's like day 14 for you, right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it's the PSA for always keeping track. Right? <laughs> just, just so anybody listening, you got to keep track all yeah. the time. I need to know all these things. Because at any point in that cycle, the hormones are doing something differently. And when you're becoming perimenopausal, which is my suspect of what's happening here, um, you have to know what day you're on. Because I'm going to draw your labs on day 21. The reason we're going to draw on day 21 is because that's going to give me the best indication of the relationship between estrogen and progesterone in your body. So I am going to be able to see where those numbers are and how they relate to each other. Not necessarily what the numbers are separately, but how they relate to each other. Because it's all about balance. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm also going to look at testosterone, which in typically in our forties, testosterone in women starts to tank, which makes us really tired, makes it difficult for us to work out and build muscle mass. Also makes it difficult for us to keep a really decent metabolism. So yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my suspicion of where we're right? at right now. So we're going to measure that yeah. too. So don't so worry. So Hashimoto's, <laughs> Epstein-Barr virus and low testosterone. <laughs> right? We can, we can do this. A we triple, totally can a do triple this. whammy. Yeah, triple whammy. <laughs> so tell me about your sleep. How do you sleep at night? Go to sleep, Stacey. Honestly, pretty good. Good. I used to have night sweats more often. Okay. And I just haven't noticed them lately, maybe because it is chillier now. Mm -hmm. that it. But I'm also freezing all the time. So it's interesting because – and that was like me kind of like throwing the – just throwing the rules out. The, you know what? I was just yeah, like – I gave I up. Yeah, I forget it. I, I just can't. Like, I got – I don't know I what. just went back on to leave with the rocks in. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even care. But when – I know when they – got my thyroid right, I felt, like I said, the best. And I actually didn't need to wear a sweater in the 100 degree weather. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a clue. Yeah, exactly. So night sweats can be caused by low testosterone. They can also be caused by low estrogen. Mm -hmm. So um, typically I'll have women come in and say, yeah, I'm like, I'm sweaty at night. It's not good. And if you're perimenopausal, usually I can give you testosterone and that corrects that. Um, if you're postmenopausal, you're probably going to need some estrogen and testosterone to kind of correct those night sweats. But some women will notice they are really sweaty and hot right before their period. And that's because estrogen drops right before your period. So that's an estrogen thing. I never thought um, of that. Yeah. So it's, it can be a lot, but those are kind of our basics, what it can be. So I just wanted to stop and take a minute to explain a couple of things in the middle of our appointment with Haley. So when we're going to talk about Hashimoto's, Hashimoto's is a condition where your immune system is upregulating antibodies against your thyroid. So basically your body thinks your thyroid is a foreigner. And so it's trying to basically bring it down. It's an autoimmune condition that actually many people have. So it's something I see a lot in my practice. This condition will definitely affect the function of your thyroid. And when we talk about the thyroid function, we're looking primarily at a couple of things. That is TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone, and then T4 and T3. Your TSH 
or your thyroid stimulating hormone encourages and signals to your thyroid to release T4. You can think of T4 as kind of like your raw thyroid product. That's what goes is is released into your body. And then each cell has to convert that T4 raw product to T3. T3 is what gives you your energy. It gives you your metabolism. It basically is the workhorse. So T3 is a very important part of thyroid function. In most times and in most cases, when we get your labs drawn, many practitioners will only look at that TSH. That's not going to tell us anything. So we have to measure TSH, T4, and T3. And when we replace those hormones, we want to replace, in most cases, T4 and T3. And you'll hear me talking about the different kinds of ways to supplement the thyroid and medicate the thyroid with those different products. Today, we're going to hear Haley talking about the T4 only product, which is levothyroxine. And I'm going to talk more about that in the episode now. Um, and then tell me about, so right now, and now right now you're taking levothyroxine. Yes. Correct. And what's your dosage? 0.125. Okay. So that's important because levothyroxine is kind of a lab derived version of just T4. Yeah. So T4, the thyroid will put out T4 primarily, and then T4 has to be converted to T3 in the body. So every single cell makes their own T3. That depends on whether or not you have enough iron, whether or not you have enough vitamin D, whether or not you're managing your stress okay, whether or not you have enough selenium, iodine, all that. So it's kind of a big deal to be able to convert T4 to T3. Most people, Epstein-Barr, Hashimoto's, that cuts off your ability to convert from T4 to T3. It doesn't really mess up your ability to make T4. It, it makes it hard for you to convert T4 to T3. So if I'm giving you T4 and you get all your energy from T3, is that going to help you? No, no not, not at all. No. <laughs> and in fact, the labs you brought into me, I can tell that you are taking a T4 product because your body believes it has enough thyroid in it because your TSH that lives in your brain, that's thyroid stimulating hormone. That's what comes out of the brain to tell your thyroid to do something is completely happy and comfortable. It's like saying, yeah, we got enough thyroid. We're good. But, and then when you look at your T4, it's like, oh yeah, we got lots. We got plenty of free T4 going on. We got a lot of T4. We're fine. T4 is good. However, T3 is what's giving you your energy and your T T3 is almost bottom of the barrel. So your, your levothyroxine is doing nothing, but you no wonder feel better on a compounded formula because a compounded formula or a desiccated thyroid, which is like your nature thyroid, armor thyroid, all those guys, um, gives you both T4 and T3. So when I give you T4 and T3, you're going to feel great because I'm giving it to you and your body's still going to make it. People are like, oh no, it's going to shut my thyroid down. Well, in small amounts, it won't shut it down. In large amounts, it can, but in small amounts, it shouldn't. So, but you're not getting any right now, which is why you're so damn tired. <laughs> the other thing is that you're not getting any T3, so you have no metabolism. So it's no wonder you can't lose any weight. So, oh! All right. So there's that. It's not like the BL end all. Don't be like thinking I'm giving you a magic pill. <laughs> I know, right? So it's okay. I'm yeah. going to give you some. It's going to help. Um, so 
that's that's kind of the big mystery that's that's easy to solve right now. So energy is it low all the time, low at certain times? Okay, what's your energy like? Um, I would say I'm decent, and I don't know if that's because I've just adapted to how I feel. Yeah, but. Um, I am tired. I definitely hit that two or three o'clock, like where oh, I could have a nap. Yeah. Um, but and and I don't know honestly if it's low energy to want to work out or if it's just I've defeated myself from yeah. Like it's kind of like unfortunately I got the attitude that I worked out just to lose weight, which mm-hmm. as a personal trainer that's not very good because the whole point is to actually work your muscles out, have a strong and healthy heart and all that, all the benefits. But um, I got the attitude that it was for the other. And so that kind of demotivated me to get back into it. So I do think the odd time that I have worked out, I feel okay, but it's not like when, you know, when, when everything's in line and you're feeling great, you, you do, you have, you know, you, it. I can clean my whole house and right. like still make supper and yes. do everything else. And I don't feel like that. Okay. You know? All right. And that makes total sense. Yeah. It's like a circular argument. Do you, you don't have the motivation. You're too tired and to work out and too not motivated to work out. And so then, you know, what, what's, what's, then you're not working out. So now you're just too tired. You're yep. not motivated. Like it's yeah. just this whole thing. Yep. But, you know, right now your temperature regulation, however, seems to be okay. You're not freezing though. I usually am freezing. Oh, like are, my okay. hubby keeps the in during the summer our air conditioner was at 75 and okay. I'm I got like a bunny hug or excuse me, a hoodie on yeah. and like sweatpants or just pants. And sometimes he'll come into the room because I have a space heater and he's like, turn the space heater off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, oh, you are so you know, cold. I'm sorry. That so, is not good. Or I'll go outside because it's like 100 degrees or 90 degrees outside and I'll go sit in the sun and warm up. Mm-hmm. And then I do get to the point where <sighs> I'm hot. Yeah. But then I go back in and it allows me to be comfortable for a while because I warmed up. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? So also you marked, and by the way, I'm reading off of a sheet, a symptom sheet um, that we give everybody that comes in our office and it makes it so much easier for us to kind of just hone in on what your priorities are basically. Um, So you also marked on our sheet, your hair is falling out. Is that happening right now? Yes, it is. And it cycles. It's interesting. Sometimes, I don't know if it's a hormonal Mm -hmm. thing, must be, I'll like be in the shower and I'll have a handful of hair and then the next time I shower, like whatever, however many days later, I'll have like not hardly any hair come out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why sometimes I'm like, and my ponytail is so much thinner. I used to have a nice big ponytail and mm-hmm. now it's kind of like, oh, this pathetic little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I seem to constantly move, lose hair, but just in different cycles. Yeah. You know, our hair does cycle like okay. that's normal. It'll go through growth cycles and shedding cycles. and But the problem is that if we don't get enough in the growth cycle to make up for the shed cycle, and it gets incredibly complicated the older you get. I mean, it, hormones have to do with it. Thyroid has to do with it. Overall health, nutrition. But, you know, in your 40s, hair typically isn't messing around yet. Usually it's after 50. So for you, I would say it's probably, it's definitely a a thyroid and possibly a hormone thing for you. 
Um, so we talked about the weight that you had mentioned. Tell me a little bit about some of the mood stuff you marked down. I know we talked about kind of the depression, I think, is in and out because of things, it, mood, irritability. What What's happening there? Mostly I would say it's with my cycle is okay. like I'll notice if I get a little snappy at my husband mm-hmm. and he'll be like, so when was the last time you had your period? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And then I'll really like wake up. Or sometimes I just know. I'm like, oh, I must be getting my period because I'm just so – like if there's something too loud or yeah. if he's just not listening to me or went to the grocery store and got the wrong – you know what I mean? Just stupid little things mm-hmm. like that are just little and trivial, but they're super – like it's just magnified and you want to yeah. just like, dude, listen to me. But I can tell – like I'll literally say to him – I can tell that I'm irritable and I'm trying to fight it for you, but I'm just letting you know I, I have some issues and I can tell. Just give me some grace, please. Yes. <laughs> it's very – it is absolutely – it's like an out-of-body. Yeah. Like you're looking at yourself being so annoyed and so irritated, it, but you just absolutely can't do anything about it. Yep. It's the worst feeling. Yes. <laughs> or sighing. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> can't do this anymore. Um, so that's – Typically, the PMS stuff is, you know, the estrogen just kind of being crazy. It The progesterone's the nice guy. Progesterone typically keeps everybody calm, happy, helps you sleep. It's just the fluffy pillow, you know, of the hormones. Estrogen's definitely the bad guy. Too much is bad. Too little is too bad. I mean, it's just, ugh, you need exactly the right amount. And in our perimenopause days, when progesterone starts to not secrete as much as it used to, um, estrogen just gets all out of whack. It's up, it's down, the moodiness is insane. So that's probably where we're heading at the moment for you too. Um, Do you do anything about your mood? Have you taken anything? Do you ever... Not recently. It was. I'm still kind of climbing out of the. I don't give a care okay. about my anything right now. So I'm like, this is kind of my step of like, I'm gonna do this, mm-hmm. and I just literally am kind of crawling out of the pit. Okay. Well, we gotta continue to get you out of your pit. I guess <laughs> that would be good. This is a good step out of the pit. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what we can do about that. <laughs> um, okay. And then a couple other things that you marked. What's about the memory? I find that I'll have a word that I know that I know I know the word, mm-hmm. but I am in the middle of a sentence, and so I will insert a different word that I've now relabeled because <laughs> I can't think <laughs> of the think word. Of the first word. <laughs> I can't, and Nathan will be like, "What are you talking about?" And then he'll guess it, and then that's how I'll move on. Wow! But it's very frustrating to get literally hung up on a word yeah, or I know. what you're trying to say. And you, you, especially if I'm dealing, for example, with a client, mm-hmm. well, now I sound like an idiot. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't use a, I just, I can't just insert a word now. I hear that a lot. So you're totally not alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about the words, but it's just, it's those weird words. Like, where did that word go? Yeah. I see that all the time, 100% all the time. So you're not going crazy. So that's good. Awesome. Thank you. That's a good thing. <laughs> and the last thing on here that I see that we hadn't talked about yet was the urinary urgency. What's that about? So I feel like I have to go pee all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I when did for how long is that? Oh, this on? is probably a good oh gosh, three or four years, I'm mm-hmm. guessing. And I just always I'm going to the bathroom a lot. Um, but I do notice like if I'm going to a client's and I have to go, um, into their house and I'm like, oh no, I want to stop somewhere so I can use the restroom. 
so that I don't have to ask them to use their restroom if I don't mm-hmm. have to. But I still end up having to do that, and I don't like that. And that's what made me kind of notice it. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. I'm going to the bathroom a lot. And I don't know. I'm like, is our bladder shrinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, some of it's pelvic floor, but your pelvic floor is probably pretty strong um, from your exercise that you've done in the past. But you do notice this after the decline of estrogen. So estrogen declining is going to affect the lining of the vaginal canal in which in turn is going to affect your ability to hold your urine. So sometimes when we go in and balance the hormones at your age, um, then we get an improvement in that urinary urgency. Um, what's your digestion like? You didn't mark any major issues with it. So, you know, um, movements regular, any constipation, diarrhea, things like that. So like, I'm definitely, I know there's something up. I probably go to the bathroom once every three days. Okay. And, um, I don't really get bloated, but I've also learned the foods that make me bloated. Mm -hmm. So I really stay away from them. But as far as that, I think, I mean, I think digestion can probably always be better. Clearly I'm not... I'm not going to the bathroom regularly, so mm-hmm. clearly you need <laughs> to be going something. daily. It's like, well, maybe that's the extra weight I'm carrying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a huge advocate of daily elimination. Right? So, yes. You know, we're only going to be able to detox through a couple of ways. We can detox via sweat. We can detox via blood if we're menstruating. And then we can detox via your urine and your bowel movements. So... We don't have a whole lot of options out there. Yeah. So if we are not having daily bowel movements, we are more toxic than we should be. Right. And weight, you know, weight loss has a lot to do with the way the, obviously the way the intestines are working, the way the gut's working, you know, do, do you have enough bacteria, not enough bacteria, too much bacteria? So this is usually a pretty big indication to me that's, you know, we have to change something. And also when your thyroid isn't working properly, you'll be constipated. I don't know if you noticed when you were on the compound thyroid, if maybe your digestion changed a little bit. It was a while ago. I can't remember, but I did notice like if I took more like probiotics and if I up my magnesium to where I should be, I get cramps quite a bit and magnesium Mm -hmm. seems to help. But if I do take my supplements like regularly, I definitely notice I'm more regular and I feel better that way. Mm -hmm. When I get sick, when you're talking about bacteria in the gut, like our gut, I really am starting just from research is I believe it's connected to your immune system. Absolutely. And when I get sick, I get super sick for a long time. Yeah. So like a common cold, I will be way longer than say Nathan is Hmm. sick. And it just seems like, so when I get sick, I get angry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I'm like, okay. now I'm going to get sick for so long. <laughs> well, your immune system probably is not awesome, which is why you, you know, you ha- kind of have this chronic stuff going on. So, and the gut is one of the biggest pieces of your immune health. So, we, you know, all that stuff kind of all connects together, which we know. Tell me, uh, just give me a snapshot of kind of breakfast, lunch, dinner. Oh, gosh, girl, you're going to hate me. <laughs> no, I just need to know. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to hate you. Um, I'm really bad because of the whole, like, trying to lose weight thing. Yeah. Um, probably, like, breakfast is coffee and my creamer with my sweetener. Okay. And then um, I might eat a couple eggs and maybe a banana or something. Mm-hmm. And then, or I might not eat at all. And then I took off to my appointment. Yeah. And I don't eat till three, four, or five o'clock. Uh oh. Basically. And okay. I just kind of 
grab like a salad. Salad and go right now is my go-to because yeah. I'm like, okay, hey, I'm at least putting something good into yeah. my body. Yeah, I love that um, place. And then I might go into the evening, maybe have some popcorn. I'm terrible. Like, I, like, like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah, all yeah. because if if I eat, I gain weight. But I don't get what you would say. Sometimes I find it annoying to eat because I'm so busy too, like with work. And I used to think this too back in Canada. I'd be like, oh, I wish I didn't have to eat because then I could just work, you know, like keep going. So you don't necessarily feel hungry? No. No, I don't really feel hungry until I've left it too long, which is bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no good and bad when it comes to eating (laughs) or food. So let's just establish ourselves Right. right now with that. And there's just, you know, habits and options and what we're going to do to make ourselves healthier. What's your current weight right now? 182. Okay. And you were, what, where was it before? 186. Okay. So I was surprised that it came down. Okay. I was like, yeah. So it was 182. But I did have quite a bit of stress that I want, when I get stressed, I completely shut off eating. Mm-hmm. And if something bad, like re- I'm talking really stressful yeah. happens, um, I'll just be like, I can't eat. Yeah. And he'll be like, what? Well, that sympathetic nervous system shuts down your your system. So you're just listening to your body basically because when you're stressed, you're not hungry. The problem happens when you are not hungry and you eat and you're stressed. Now you can't digest your food. And that's when people get bloating and constipation. So what, where were you weight-wise before when you said you said you've gained weight? So where where's your comfortable weight? So my comfortable is kind of that 155, 160. It was just, it was so, so nice because I'd be like, wow, you can see the results of lifting weights, like the toning, the lines, that yeah. sort of thing. Now I'm like, it's like, you notice the extra weight. It's just like if you pick up a sandbag, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you, if you put on a weight jacket, it's like, you, that's how much yeah. you, it's heavier. It's harder yeah. to I mean, do and, that. And, you know, some people are like, oh, it's only 20 pound difference, but there's a big, tw- there's a, it's yeah. a big deal. Like Pick you up know, a 20 yeah. pound dumbbell. And for you, you, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, you know, and, and I guess my point is that for you, it's a big deal. It is you. It is your frame. It is what you are comfortable with. So, and I think that when you get everything in order, you end up getting it a really nice, regular, happy weight when everything is balanced. Basically. I agree. And you so. feel like you literally, when I hate looking in the mirror, I yeah, hate it. I can't have that. So we will work on that. Um, you did bring in with you lab work, but, and I kind of mentioned that I briefly looked at it when we were talking about your thyroid. And I will kind of take a look at that, but I do like for you to do your own, do more lab work. So it's a pretty comprehensive lab that we're going to do. Um, that's because everything matters. Yes. I mean, you know, oh, yeah, everything I, matters. Yes. Right? I, from past naturopaths, yeah. I, they did do that. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice to see, like, we were chatting about this yesterday. It's just, I feel like you care. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to get it out, we do care, (laughs) you know, and it's so nice to be listened to and just, it's just, it's such a different approach Mm -hmm. from your normal GP. Um, Obviously there's always a place for a normal GP. Mm -hmm. If I cut my arm off, let's Mm -hmm. hope I don't do that, but you know what I mean? definitely. But as far as like when things are starting to fall apart, I mean, there's a way to make it better and there's people like yourself that make it, make me feel better, Yeah, you know, and you know what you're doing. (laughs) So we're going to um, get your labs and follow back up and get you on your merry little way and get you out of your pit. I feel like I have hope again. Thank you so much. 
You're I welcome. so appreciate you. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed listening in on Haley's first new patient appointment. I want to just give you a little information on how we kind of wrapped things up. So in Haley's case, uh, I sent her away with magnesium, in her case, MAG-SRT, which is a form of magnesium that's a magnesium malate. That's going to relax the digestive tract and help some with that constipation and weight loss because if you can't move things through, you can't digest and you can't lose weight. Um, it'll also help a lot with sleep and any kind of muscle aches or pains she has. In addition to the magnesium, then all we also doing enzymes. Enzymes, digestive enzymes, are also going to help move food through the system, basically. Without enzymes, we can't digest our food, and therefore, we become constipated. I also switched out her levothyroxine to NP thyroid. The reason I did that on our first visit was because she brought labs in with her, and I could see where her thyroid numbers were. We talked about the difference between levothyroxine being only T4 and how T4 and T3 are really important for metabolism and just overall feeling way better. So NP thyroid is a desiccated thyroid product, which means it's part of an animal thyroid and when you ingest it, your body will recognize it as well as it has T4 and T3. And then I gave her some vitamin D. I also saw in her lab, she brought in that she was really low. We know vitamin D helps with hormones. It helps with mood um, and really helps to kind of overall get your system in order. So I started her with some vitamin D. So join us back in our later episode where we will review her labs, find out what's going on specifically with her hormones, specifically see how that NP thyroid product worked instead of her levothyroxine, which will be really interesting and be able to check in on a lot of other things. So we'll see you then.